since I was a little girl, I was introduced to animals and I loved them. But the thing that really got me into this field was the overpopulation of dogs and cats that we have here. I think seeing that as a kid really impacted me. And I will always try to find ways to help animals, like donating to shelters or volunteering. But then I discovered that I actually loved medicine and how through medicine I can educate owners and I can educate my community in the importance of being a responsible owner and how animals impact us directly. I've been working alongside a lot of animal welfare organizations and it just really blew my mind how important this field is and I actually want to specialize in shelter medicine due to that. Welcome to our Crafting Wellness podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Gabriella. For everyone who doesn't know you, could you just introduce yourself a little bit and tell us where you're from, where you live, and kind of what you do in the medical field? First, um, my name is Gabriela Medina. I am from Puerto Rico. So I've been living here my whole life. I am currently a pre-vet student, fourth year studying biomedical sciences at the Inter-American University of Puerto Rico. So I'm not actually studying like an animal related type of career, but this can get me to vet school. So this is why I call myself a pre-vet. Oh, okay. Can you explain that a little bit more for for me who does not understand what that means? (laughs) Sure. Um, A lot of people think that pre-vet students only study animal science or pre-veterinary or other animal-related field in the undergrad bachelor's degree. But I feel like that is not true because um, for you to go to vet school, you don't need a bachelor's degree or you don't need a specific bachelor's degree. So I feel like anyone that it can be a person that's studying music or theater, but as long as you have the prerequisites and vet experience and animal experience, and you're interested in entering vet school, I will call them a pre-vet student. Okay, that makes sense. And so after you get your bachelor's degree, then, then you're gonna go to veterinarian school. Would that be the next step for that? Yeah, I am going to be applying on May and then I will take a gap year because you have to apply a year earlier. And then, yes, I would go to veterinary school. So what are you majoring in? What are you getting your bachelor's in science in? In biomedical sciences. Biomedical sciences. Yeah. Okay. Can you explain for everyone watching what exactly that entails? Biomedical sciences usually um, um, people study it to get to med school. So it's basically human related. You take pharmacology, you take human anatomy, you take immunology and everything that's related to human medicine. So I chose this bachelor's degree because um, I feel like humans and animals, um, even though people don't think they're related (laughs) in the terms of of medicine, um, they, they are. Um, the basic knowledge is you can apply it to animals. So I wanted to choose a bachelor's degree that was related to medicine. 
because I do love medicine. So this is why I chose it. And usually people that want to go to med school choose this um, bachelor's degree. Okay. And so are you, yeah. your, are you in your senior year now? Are you in your final year? Yes, I'm in my final year. I've been following you and we've been checking you out. And I know that, um, you know, I think it's really important that we represent everyone in all fields because nursing has um, primarily been a focus of MDF for a long time because that's primarily our customer base. But nurses aren't the only ones who use stethoscopes. <laughs> aren't the only ones who use medical equipment. Um, can you uh, tell us a little bit about how you found your passion for animals and how you found your kind of way uh, to study this and want to get into it? Is there something that like sparked in you or did you always just love animals growing up or how did you kind of fall into this? Well, I, I love this question. <laughs> um, it's typical since I was a little girl, I was introduced to animals and I loved them. Um, but the thing that really got me into this field was the overpopulation of dogs and cats that we have here. I think seeing that as a kid really impacted me. And I will always try to find ways to help animals, like donating to shelters or volunteering. But then I discovered that I actually loved medicine and how through medicine I can educate owners and I can educate my community in the importance of being a responsible owner and how animals impact us directly. So I think it's it's great um, because I, got to, to that point due to the fact that I've been working alongside a lot of animal welfare organizations and it just really blew my mind how important this field is and I actually want to specialize in shelter medicine due to that. Wow. Yeah. yeah for everyone watching who's never been to Puerto Rico, I've had the pleasure of visiting twice. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's such a beautiful place, but they do have a lot of animals running around. Yeah. So here, you know, you see a stray dog on the street. You're like, oh no, let me call the owner. Is it missing? Like there, yeah. I have to get used to the fact that there are dogs just running around. Definitely. And some of them are actually owned by people, but they still just to get yeah. to like, run around. Um, because when I first got there, I wanted to like save all the, I'm like, oh my gosh, is this dog? Let's take this dog to the vet. And then you just realize there's so many yeah. of them. Um, but the people, yeah. well, they feed them and, um, you know, if the community comes yeah. together and they're all taken care of quite well, but they are like on the street animals. Um, I remember when I was there, I found yeah. a cat that was really hungry and I named him Azul because he had blue eyes and he was really pretty. He was like this black. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> blue eyes, really big blue eyes. And um, I fed him like a whole piece of chicken. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Azul. And he's just this, like little skinny cat. Um, but I know they suck us in all the time for food, but yeah, it's important because I do know, um, I don't know if this is a prevalent thing in Puerto Rico, but um, I do know that sometimes I've noticed um, people like get very frustrated because of the, the cat situation and the cats because they'll oh, yeah. populate. Um, but it's, um, it, I think it's really important that, you know, we treat animals with respect and love and they teach us a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and I could never understand 
um, hurting an animal or not wanting to help an animal because they're just innocent little creatures that need our love and um, care. So I think it's, I love what you do and I think um, it's incredible. So thank you so much for going to study that. And maybe one day I will have you check out my doggy. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think what you said, it's, it's so true. And I think we should start by educating. Here in Puerto Rico, unfortunately, some people have this mentality that stray dogs are like super like durable if if um, I'm saying it correctly like they don't get disease like they're fine like they last long so they don't take them to the vet mm-hmm. and and that yeah and that leads to a lot of problems and um the cat thing that's another problem because cats um their reproductive cycle is very short. So you usually see more cats. And um, in studies, you can see that there's more stray cats. And that's why I think um, one of the techniques that a lot of animal welfare organizations use that is called TNR, trap, neuter, release. It's so important and it's so efficient because you trap a cat, a stray cat, and um, you sterilize it or castrate it, and then you release it. And yes, that cat can survive and you can feed it and all of that, but it's not um, making more babies and all of that stuff. So I think we should start here in, like, in the schools. I think there should be a program where um, they teach kids the importance of animal welfare and taking care of our animals, even when they're in the streets and how that impacts our environment and ourselves because zoonotic diseases and all of that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's easy for people to see animals on the street and if they're walking around and they look fine and they look healthy, just like, oh, they're fine. They're just on the street doing their thing. And yeah. like, no, 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 they can have worms. They can have fleas. They can have ticks. They can have all kinds of problems Agreed. that you can't see. And, um, you know, we don't want people trying to deal with the overpopulation of the cats on their own. I, I saw some cats yeah. that were dead and it's like, what happened to them? Yeah. Um, it's a thing that we have to talk about because that's not the way to handle it. I think, you know, yeah. getting cats neutered so that they can't overpopulate is a great way and just advocate for the animals and know that, you know, they are important to our ecosystem. They're important to our lives. I totally agree. So yeah, just a, it's a totally different mentality um, for animals. Yeah. I think it's a cultural thing in Puerto Rico with just yeah. because they're, they're everywhere. They're just like, oh, they're fine. They're just doing their thing. Yeah. And here, you know, you see a dog on the street, you're like, wait, wait, hold on. And so it was really weird getting used to the fact that it's like, oh no, that's normal there. It's beautiful because now I'll just see like a donkey in the middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of the road. <laughs> I'm like, this is so, <laughs> so beautiful, like taking pictures. Yeah. yeah. I think Puerto Rico is oh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful place. I absolutely Thank love you. it. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. We're oh, big, that's so nice to know. <laughs> we're big fans of your home. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Really appreciate it. And yeah, I, the beaches though. Oh, those, yeah. <laughs> Old Town One really, oh, yeah, love it. <laughs> so beautiful, so warm, so nice. Never yeah. want to leave. Um, 
So that brings me to what, so I know your, your next step is just, what is the test that you would take to get into veterinary school? So what is that test you're gonna take in May called? It, it is called the GRE and the TOEFL. Okay. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, in my particular case, mm -hmm. I do not have to take those because the universities I will apply to, um, I contacted them and they said that I don't need to, to take them. The GRE, some universities are taking it out. Um, the TOEFL, I asked each university that I'm interested in. And I told them that I'm from Puerto Rico and if there was any way, um, because I'm an American citizen, if you know, there's a way that I don't have to take the test. And some universities said that I, I didn't have to. Okay, so, yeah. so you start applying, do you start applying to schools in May then? Is that, yeah. is that what you do? Okay, so you're gonna apply mm -hmm. to schools in May and then you're gonna take a gap year which I think we should talk about that a little bit. Um, I think it's yeah. really great and important to take a gap year, especially for you med students, vet students. Oh yeah. When you're in school that long, I think it's really important to take a break, take a moment, take a beat, enjoy yourself. Definitely. Travel, whatever it is that you need to just take a rest or get to prepare for school. So I'm really yeah. curious, um, why you chose to do a gap year? Um, at first, I, I was one of those students that was like, no, I'm gonna graduate straight to vet school. I was just like, that was my mentality. Because, you know, in college, they sometimes teach you in an indirect way um, that the faster you go, the better student you are. Or this mentality that if you take a gap year, you will get lazy and you, will get, you won't get things done. So I, I was in that mentality, but then I realized I was studying for four years straight and then into vet school four more years. And I was like, I need this gap year because things are gonna move too fast and I will have to move to another country where you know I, I don't know people. So I think I was like, let me take a break to organize myself, maybe find a job um maybe get prepared for vet school get more hands-on experience and you know take that year to really um get synced in the fact that I'm gonna go to vet school you know because I feel like if I were to graduate and then straight to vet school it would be um too hard on me and my mental health so I was like let me just take it easy, vet school, it's not gonna move. So that's why I decided to take that gap year. Yeah, I think that's so smart. I think um, there is no rush. Um, a year is definitely make a difference. A year or two or three mm -hmm. is not gonna make a difference. Um, I wouldn't let a fear of like, oh, you know, people tell you, oh, once you're out of school, it's gonna be so hard to get back in it. You're not gonna wanna yeah. do it. It's not true because you tell yourself what you want to do and you are responsible for your own future. So if you want to, you know, take a break and um, I think that's great. I think taking a break is so smart because you are going to a have the time to prepare yourself like you mm -hmm. said, but be also to um, you, you're going to grow a lot in that year. We, we change so much, especially when at such a young mm -hmm. age and you're the life experience that you'll gain just in that year is going to make you a different student. There's no harm in, in taking time 
And I think everyone watching should not be afraid to take that time. Yeah. Um, and don't let anyone rush you because school is always there. It's not going to go anywhere. And thank you for pointing that out because a lot of people do feel like I used to feel and I feel like that's so important to put it out there and to take care of our mental health and and you know be aware where where we stand and our limits because I feel like especially in graduate in graduate school we need to have that awareness because it is so hard and you have to cramp a lot of material and all that so I think from an early age, you, you should be able to be aware of that in order to be successful and not experience or try not to experience burnout and all of that. Yeah, because you think about it, you've been in school your whole life and then you're gonna go even yeah. prolong school even longer to get to get into the field you wanna get into. And then once you started, it's not like you're gonna stop. It's like not like once you become yeah. a veterinarian, you're not gonna be like, oh, you know, I'm gonna take a, I'm just gonna take a gap year this year. Yeah. Veterinarian for like a year. Mm -hmm. Because it's not gonna work like that. Once you start and you get into it, you're gonna fly and you're gonna be doing that. Exactly. You retire or decide to do something else. So um, I think it's, it's really smart and really great to take that time for yourself. And I'm glad that we talked about that. I, I'm curious. <laughs> Um, I have two questions for you now. First question is, where are you looking to apply? Like, what are your dream schools? Because you said you're, you might go somewhere away from Puerto Rico. So I'm curious where you're thinking yeah. of going. Okay, so my first option is the University of Florida because they have a shelter medicine program. And I met one of the professors and I feel like the program is just perfect for me and the place too. I feel like it would be leaving home, but then going to a place where it's kind of similar, like home. Like it would be a much smoother transition. Mm -hmm. um, my second option would be Cornell University because they do have a shelter medicine program as well. And for some reason, I always loved that university. I feel like I, I visited once and it was so big and I met one of the professors as well. And they told me about the program. And I think that, that program would fit perfectly for me. And my third option would be um, Michigan State University because I read about their program and I they don't have a shelter medicine program. But what I love about that university is that it has a lot of diversity. And a lot of um, my professors have told me that as a Puerto Rican student, it is harder to get into vet school because there's barely any diversity. They've always told me that my whole life. So I've been worried about that part and seeing that Michigan State University has this staple of, of being diverse. I really love that. So that's my third option. Those all sound like wonderful options. Yeah. You're gonna have to keep us posted because I'm gonna be dying to find out where you end up. Of course. Um, <laughs> I'm going to follow your journey and we'll have to have you back on. Okay, so I have another question for you because you talk, you talk a little bit about mental health and like burnout. Mm -hmm. What do you do for yourself to kind of like give back to yourself and advice you have for everyone watching um, who might be experiencing some sort of anxiety over school or depression or just not sure of their life? Like what, what do you do for yourself and what advice do you have for everyone watching? Wow, that's... A very important question, and thank you for that. Um, I honestly have been feeling burnout recently, right now, and it's, I gotta admit that it's really hard. It's not easy going through it, 
but what I like to do is move. I like to work out because I feel like that helps me um, be more active. And the second thing I love to do is go to a shelter, go um, to a veterinary clinic, and just to remind myself, why am I studying this? Another thing that it's really important, and I know for some people it is very hard, it is hard for myself, but at least take one, once a week, one day a week, to just focus on you and do things that you love, like maybe a spa day or a self-care day. I feel like that is so important because sometimes if we follow a routine, we can get really tired of it and we could get very unmotivated. So I feel like at least once a week, getting that time for yourself and to spend time with friends outside of everything related to college, I feel like that really, really helps. Yeah, I, I think that sentiment is exactly true. I think you have to constantly, and the earlier you can start implementing that into your life, I think, the earlier you can say, I'm, I make the list of priorities, you know, I definitely when my mental health is a priority and my physical health is a priority and my spiritual health is a priority. Um, I think it's really important to get into that habit just as much as you would the habit of studying or mm -hmm. the habit of, um, you know, waking up early to make sure you get to class. I think it's, it's really important that we uh, do whatever that is and find that thing for you. You know, it's going to be different for everybody else. You know, for me, it's exercising and it's spa stuff. It's, you know, face masks and it's kind of self-loving that way but for someone else it might be you know meditation it might be yeah. you know coffee it might be a bath it might be mm -hmm. something else but I think it's really important to find that thing and to make sure that you make the list of priorities as often as you can because you can't um give to your studies or give to your family or give to your friends if you're kind of pouring from an empty cup so it's really important that we like replenish ourselves, especially for med students, nursing students. Definitely. It's um, what you guys are trying to do is extremely difficult and uh, it takes a lot of brain power and a lot of time and a lot of perseverance and a lot of failing. Uh, I think that's another thing I'd like to just bring up is that um, just because you fail a test or you fail something doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing it or you're not good enough to be doing it. It just means you failed and that's okay. Yeah. Pick it, pick it up and go again. Again, you, the, failing is yeah. not, it's not a big deal. And I think definitely college, it can feel like that. Like, oh my gosh, I failed. Yeah. But you, that's when actually you learn and grow the most. You don't learn yeah. when you're winning all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you learn definitely. You the hard stuff. When you go through the hard stuff, whether it's mental or not, you, that's the things that make you stronger. And that's the things that are going to have you have the resilience that you need to get to the other side of what you're trying to do so I completely agree with that and thank you for bringing that up about failing I think I've felt that way I felt like oh my god I, I didn't get an A on this class um am I gonna get accepted into vet school because a lot of people have told me that you have to have a perfect GPA and and all of that. And I've learned the hard way that, okay, listen, I am not good in chemistry. Um, I did my best, but when I go to that interview, I know I will be me. 
and I will show me in that application. So I think that's another thing that pre-vet students should um, know that it's okay to not have a perfect GPA or not have the perfect score. You know, it's about heart. And I think when you do things by heart and because you feel passionate about them, things just flow, honestly, because I, I've learned that the hard way by failing. <laughs> and it's really re rewarding when you when you look at back and you're like, okay, I've grown so much. And even though maybe I don't have the perfect GPA, I do want this. And I think that's the most important thing, drive, passion. And when you have that, everything just falls into place because you just work for it naturally. I couldn't agree with you more. That's so beautifully said. Um, yes, everyone listen to her. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what you like to do when you're not studying, when you're not in school, dedicating your entire life to become a veterinarian? What, what, do you, what does Gabriella like to do with her time? I honestly love theater so much. And when I was in high school, I would participate in plays. And I feel like that's, I would consider that my hobby. I love theater. I'm taking theater class right now. And it's just so beautiful, the, um, the process of acting and, and learning a monologue or just experiencing that just um, getting into a character I've always loved that I, I love singing as well so I'm more into when I'm not in in the field I love arts I honestly love um, singing theater all things that have to do with art I love meditating and yoga I feel like that's such a beautiful way to express yourself and be aware of your body and be aware of what you can do and and you just notice okay wow my body can actually do this and be grateful for it so yeah outside of the field I am more of a theater kid <laughs> type of gal <laughs> yeah I think when you brought up yoga it's really interesting because I like to do yoga as well and um you know sometimes you'll be in a pose and it, yoga can really teach you things. It can teach you like when you're in the challenge of a pose that's extremely difficult, you have to breathe through it and you have to hold it and you just have to breathe, focus on your breath. But as you move through that, you get to the other side of it and it teaches you a lot about life. Like instead of running away from the pain, if we actually stay with the pain and we go through the hard part, then the next time we do that pose, it's a little easier. And by a time a year or two passes, we can do that pose no problem, or we're like deeper in the pose, or we're more flexible. And we're like, wow, look at this progress I made in just a year's time. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're not running from the pain, you're not running from the challenge, mm -hmm. you're facing it. And I think that's a great, great life lesson is by like meeting the challenge, rising to the occasion, that's what's going to make you grow, that's going to make you stronger, that's just going to make you better that's what's going to make you more successful. Um, so I think it's yoga is a great way, a sentiment that goes with what you've been talking about. And also, I find this so interesting because I've done a few of these podcasts now. And when I'm speaking to people who 
are naturally empathetic because they care for animals or they want to care for people. They want to help people. They want to make people feel better like you. Um, it, it, they always have a creative outlet, like, like whether it's singing or acting or painting um, or blogging, writing, they always have some creative outlet. And I think that's really interesting and, and something to take a look at for everyone watching as well, that because I think what you guys do is so, can be so emotionally draining and so emotionally taxing because you care and because you're putting your heart out there um, for the animals, for the people that you have to have a way to kind of take that in and then find an outlet to express it. And um, it doesn't surprise me at all that you're into theater mm -hmm. because empathy is the number one thing that it takes to be an actor. So, um, and I can tell you have a great empathetic heart. So keep doing that. And it's so great to know because it just, you know, I would get so into getting into vet school all my life, getting into vet school, getting into vet school, that sometimes people will ask me, okay, so what are your hobbies? And I'll be like, actually, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, wait, I, and then since that, since that awareness um, moment, I was like, okay, I, I have to go outside of veterinary medicine. What do I like? What, what brings me happiness? And then I realized that it was theater and and just being creative and and getting into all of that singing. I feel like you take that moment and and somehow just um, take out the stress and it's just very different from being involved in a clinic or something. So it just takes away a little bit of that, like you said, of um, being drained and because you're in a different scenario a different um environment <laughs> yeah, no, that's good and I think that's a really great point too because I think that happens with anybody that's super focused on on their career or super focused on a, a dream it could just become everything like because you love what you do it can easily be a hobby do you know what I mean yeah. like because you love animals going to a clinic on the weekend to help them it's technically kind of studying it's technically kind of work but it's also a hobby because you like it so there's nothing wrong with that I think that's beautiful I just think it's also important to remember that um you know we have to have even as painful sometimes we have to like find those other outlets because yeah for people who are going after a dream or they're going after something with their whole heart and they know this is what I want to do. You can become hyper, super focused on it and kind of lose sight of, of the other things in your life. So I think it's great that you found yoga and you found theater. Um, and I, I encourage everyone watching to remember that and also to um, just find other outlets as well because it will only make you a better doctor. It'll only make you a better vet. It will only make you a better nurse because you're living your life and experience and having other experiences being well-rounded. And um, yeah, so I think that's a really important. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So I have, um, we've, I've been, I started this thing now where um, I ask you if there's anybody that you would want to nominate to be on the podcast. And what I mean by that is if you have anyone that you know, um, and they don't necessarily have to be in the medical field, um, that inspires you or motivates you or someone you think that you could have a good talk with on the podcast. And there's no pressure if you don't have anyone you wanna nominate, but 
if you do, um, let me know because we can do another follow-up podcast and have them end you on. And then um, I can kind of just sit back and moderate. And um, and if not, I could always find too, if you don't have anyone, I could always find someone who's in veterinary school in Florida or in okay. somewhere where you want to be. And then you can get on and talk to them and, and they can answer questions because they're a little bit further in the journey than you um, and kind of connect you that way as well. So. Oh, that sounds amazing. So if we, if we could do both. Yeah. <laughs> Just an idea. <laughs> yes. Yes. But definitely. I have a person I've been following this girl for a while. She's a pre-vet too and a senior. She's called Melissa Ruiz. Um, in Instagram, she's Dr. Melissa. And I feel like we connected so much through this journey. And I feel like we both have different perspectives because she is studying um, a bachelor's degree on, I think, animal science or um, animal related. So it would be cool to see like the different experiences and all that. So definitely yeah. her. I love that. So yeah. let's, let's make that happen. Let's get her and you on yeah. again. And then um, maybe I can even get a third person who's already maybe in the middle of veterinary school uh, here and uh, see if we can all get on and do a, do a fun little podcast where we all kind of talk about where we are. Cause I think it's great too, for people watching so many people are in different stages and it's always great to look and say, oh my gosh, okay, well, they're doing something similar. It may not be exactly the same, but they're doing something similar to what I'm doing. And how did they go? How did they approach it? Where are they in their journey and how, 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 what advice did they have and how did they get there? Um, because it gets interesting as you talk to people on different, different levels of their journey. It's really fun to kind yeah. of see. <laughs> Definitely. I really well, agree with that. Well, Gabriella, thank you so much for joining our crafting wellness podcast. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure having you on and I can't wait to, um, have you on again. And for everyone watching, um, I'm going to link all of her in, her information, her Instagram and everything below so that you can go check her out and follow her journey. And I'm sure if you have any questions, if you're thinking about getting into veterinary medicine or, um, questions about Puerto Rico and what it's like studying there, I'm sure she'd be happy to answer those questions. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor and I'm so humbled, really. Thank you.